Welcome into this week's edition of AWA Unleashed. We are the self I say we are the self-proclaimed number one preeminent podcast dedicated to telling the stories, reliving the memories of the American Wrestling Association. Others say it's preeminent. I will let them say it because it's a fun word to say. I haven't said it as much as I've said. I've said that word more in doing this podcast than I have in all of my years of life combined. I didn't even know what the word was, but it sounded really good. And then I found out it actually meant what I thought it meant. So I just went with it, guys. I hope you're okay th- with that. I think we ought to do that. I think we ought to pull a Bachwinkle and uh, we'll have a dictionary handy. And every week we just come up with some word that we have no idea what it is, but we'll get it in the podcast someplace. You two really are creepness humanoids. Did he say that? Hey, Google, what's a greatness Kermit? What's what is it? <laughs> Kermit? Greatness humanoid. Oh, hey, Google, stop, please. See, now I really turned on my Google family hub. That's what I did. <laughs> I, I, it really, it, I really turned it on. Um, it's the only thing I've turned on in this house. Okay, wow. so let's get to uh, let's get to part two of what it is that we, you know, last week was a fun show, and that's the reason you want YouTube. Because we want to share these pictures. Some of them are from Mick's personal collection. Some of them aren't. But we love the downloads. We love the audio. But this is where the YouTube uh, subscription really comes in. So if you haven't, click the subscribe button. Joe will pay for half of it. And Mick will pay for the other half. And they will they'll step forward and be your uh, YouTube uh, financial ambassadors if you will so uh are we are we good with that is that is that kind oh, of what... you're you're, uh, you're pulling a shady promoter you're leaving right at intermission time here Pat. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> wow well uh, you know Mick, i can afford half of a free subscription if you can all right all right done deal are you sure well it'll be close <laughs> tell you what, we'll pay for half and half, Chris, but then you pay us half of the half of the half to each of our two halves. Deal. That yeah. I can afford. I don't know how much that is, but I will do the math. Doesn't matter. We lost the audience anyway. That's right. Well, some people don't like our talking beforehand, so uh, I believe thoughts and prayers is the correct way to go about that. Um, also, if you haven't, uh, iTunes or um, Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora, whatever your podcast platform is. Uh, I'm going to put up the um, the logos with uh, Soda Stick and 7th Avenue Pizza. And last thing before we get going, guys, we will not have a show next week. Uh, uh, right after Labor Day, the, was it the 6th, I believe? I, I can't remember the day, but the, the Tuesday after Labor Day, we are not going to have a show. Uh, number one, because of the holiday. But number two, it's just... I've got, you know, I'm going to get my daughter ready for seventh grade. So I got other things I got to do. Um, we're going to kind of, we're going to come back the week after. And I think you guys are going to like what we're coming back with. So uh, let it's me. September, it's September 5th, by the way, that we will take off. Oh, September 5th. Okay. It's, you know, four fifth. Okay. Thank you, Joe. September 5th. So we will not be here September 5th, but we will be back then on the 12th. So am I, did I get everything in then? Yep. Okay, well, uh, we're going to do it the same way, guys. I'm going to put the scroll, I'm going to put the pictures up, and I'm going to let you guys uh, drive the uh, drive the machine, and then I'm going to say really stupid things along the way. <laughs> yeah, like we're going to do any better. <laughs> stupid is as stupid does. Here we go. Let's roll, Chris. Who do we have for our first photo today? Uh-huh. Oh, my. I know that's Kurt. I'm only guessing that's Joe. That is Joe. That wow. is an early shot of Joe Hennig, a.k.a. Curtis Axel, putting his dad in a head scissors. And as you can see, Kurt is uh, Kurt's ready to tap out. Uh, I don't know exactly how old Joe is, but I'm going to guess that picture probably goes back 30, 35 years. And uh, un- unbelievable. Um I, I know that uh, Kurt's widow, Lenise, whenever we uh, mention Kurt or any of the family, uh, really gets a kick out of it. So uh, there you go. I l- love that shot. Uh, training Joe early on. Wow. God, I miss that. I, I miss Kurt so damn much. Yeah, anyway, I, 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 
Oh, looks like a tribute to the Mad Dog. It is, in fact, a tribute to Mad Dog Vashad. You see Mad Dog uh, second from the right there. This was at Waterloo, Iowa, and I believe this was Mad Dog's last uh, last foray into the, the wrestling reunion convention, Hall of Fame type thing. Um, if you look to your left, that is uh, Baron Von Rafke and uh, his wife, Bonnie, and then uh, the rest of everybody in the building giving the Mad Dog a standing ovation. Um, you see Mad Dog's, uh, Mad Dog's wife, Kathy. Uh, they're getting a little bit emotional, and uh, and that was quite a moment. Uh, the dog kind of deteriorated pretty rapidly the last couple of years of his life, uh, you know, uh, upstairs from a, uh, a physical standpoint, and uh, this this was something else again. I, I will never forget it, and uh, one last standing O for the dog. Sadly, we've had too many last standing O's over the yeah. last short course of time, but yeah, we sure yeah. have. Some happy, oh, damn. There is you that go. Uncle Ivan? That is, in fact, Ivan Koloff. That is uh, Uncle Ivan. That is back in his Irish Red McNulty days. <laughs> uh, I believe that was probably up in, uh, up in Canada. Uh, a couple of years later, it all busted loose for Ivan. He shaved that head. He shaved his home country. He shaved his language. He shaved everything. And uh, one he of the- he, he shaved his home country? He shaved his home country. I mean, he literally took a razor and took it right off the map. Really? Yeah. That's how tough this guy was. I wow. mean, he, I, I well, I, I wasn't sure exactly. Was it like part of a promo? Was I, I don't think I've ever seen that. No, no, you haven't because it doesn't exist. But neither uh, in, in, in any case, uh, Red McDonald, uh, okay. he, he was a heel back then. Irish Red, and then he became Uncle Ivan uh, from Russia years later. And I want to tell you, if you met Ivan Koloff and had a chance to talk to him, one of the nicest gentlemen ever in wrestling. Soft-spoken, articulate, and just a wonderful guy. He was a he was thick. I mean, I you know, I didn't growing up, I didn't have the opportunity to watch him because of you know they were down in the south. East and we're in the Midwest and this was before cable. So when I first saw him, it would have been early eighties, maybe about 84 or five. He wasn't as thick at that point. You know, yeah. I, it was always like, I thought he was a cousin of mad dog to be honest with you. You know, even in his AWA days before he trimmed down, he was a brick shit house. I mean, this guy, Ivan wasn't all that tall. I'm going to say maybe maybe five nine, maybe five ten, stretching it. But man, was he he was he was built. He was. Sorry, what, when did he wrestle in the AWA? What years? This would have been 1971 to probably maybe 73, 74, maybe not even that long. Uh, but I believe he came here either. Uh, I believe it was 1971, and uh, he started his feud with uh, Vern Gagne. And then, of course, teamed with Superstar Graham, had a whole slew of some of the greatest feuds in the AWA wrestling history. But what a sweetheart of a guy, uh, Ivan Koloff. Nice. Chris, drum roll starting. Who's the next one? I love these. Here we go. It Must be like Larry Zabisco. He's, it's a match. He's stalling. Okay. Da, 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 <laughs> I, I think I think it is Larry Zabisco. It could be. All right, I'm gonna stop it, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go to the the next one here. Let's uh, let's see. Oh, I, I I was I was playing it up perfectly too. You guys, you set it up beautifully. It's got to be Zabisco. Zeke, get in the damn ring already. Well, right, well, you you guys talk amongst yourselves. I'm gonna refresh. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, so Joe at the Croatian Hall, uh, things I, I understand they're getting ready for you. They have padding on the floor for the next time you come in, uh, and on the walls. <clears throat> uh, the bartenders are ready, um, and we're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
far as the crow with the padded walls, I mean, they try to make me feel at home. <laughs> so they, they do a great job uh, for that, although I've never been there yet. So I'm working on, on making my first appearance down at the crow. Boy, this, is, this show is just going to pop the ratings. I, I'm telling <laughs> you, you, you watch those YouTube subscriptions just absolutely skyrocket. Um <laughs> Well, you know, sometimes uh, technical difficulties do arise, and this happens to be one of those cases. Yes. But uh, hey, you know what? Let's just let's talk. Let, what do we want to talk about? Let's let's. Oh, we're Wait trying to miss go again. Oh. Ah. No wonder. No wonder. <laughs> it, it really did not want to show this picture, guys. So I feel like. There's got to be a really, uh, I don't even know how to go about it. Like, the, I, I couldn't refresh. I couldn't get out. It was really weird. So, there's a, there, there's there a, we high, go. There's a higher power, uh, there definitely, that is controlling the strings today. And I have a feeling uh, I know who it is. Uh, that game, I believe, was released in the late 1950s. I wouldn't swear to it, uh, but I'm looking at the head of hair on Vern Gagne. And uh, so, so I'm guessing, unless Vern said, put, our, put my high school picture up there, uh, you know. Um, this is a very interesting game. Uh, you, you can still pick it up on eBay every once in a while for a pretty penny. Great game, board game, old style. I believe if you landed on a certain square, you were, uh, Vern would pop up from the board, grab you by the tuxedo, uh, and you would automatically lose the game. I, he loses millions, you lose the game. That's exactly right. As soon as you cause burn millions, you're out of here, pal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, can so, we play this at the next reunion? Oh my God! You know, just can you imagine the the what's on those squares? You know, side <laughs> headlock, drop toe hold. You know. Oh. I'm looking on the cover, extra wrestling holds and regulations. Regulations? Regulations? What's a, I, I mean, what kind of regulations? Are there? <laughs> Man, boy, all the, 25 minutes for this, huh, guys? <laughs> I mean, it's totally worth it, right? It certainly is. Well, thank you, Vern. I appreciate, uh, I'm waiting for the royalties from the game, and then I'll start paying you back. <laughs> All right, let's go back to uh, we're gonna go back to a couple of them that didn't actually didn't actually load. Uh, let's try this one. Uh, there we go. There we go. The X this, and the X. I, I absolutely love this picture. That is from Cauliflower Alley, and this, Larry Hennig. This was a sneak attack by Larry Hennig. Uh, what he's trying to do there, I believe, is remove the mask. From uh, from Doctor X under the guise of uh, friendship, and Larry would always say to Doctor X, "Take the mask off, Dick Buyer. It's over." <laughs> and uh, Doctor X would would go to these banquets. He'd play cribbage. He'd eat. He'd do everything with that mask on. And I think Larry the Axe at this point just finally had enough. But what a great great shot! I I forget how many years that goes back, but. Uh, Two of the late great legends in wrestling, the X and the X, as you said, Joe. I love the fact that uh, that Dick kept it going. Yes. Even though kayfabe was done, you know, it, it, a totally different era. He still wore that mask. If I'm not, if I'm remembering correctly, didn't he auction off a mask at the Kenny J fundraiser? But yeah. he had another mask so he auctions it off doesn't expose his face to the crowd hands over the mask and puts on another one to keep kayfabe alive absolutely what was that was that just kind of a was that a like a rib on everybody yeah. too okay that's i, I kind of figured it was but i've already asked one question and been rebuffed because <laughs> you sold it really good and i bought it hook line and sinker and now I'm skeptical to even ask you anything because I feel no, like no. you're going to make me look like a dick. No, no, and no. You're, no. You're, you're the dick for making me look like an idiot. I don't no, need your no, I don't no. need your help to make me look could, like an idiot. Could be the other way that. around. But, <laughs> but anyway, uh, let, let's move on. But uh, Dr. X, by the way, at those Kenny J uh, banquets, uh, histiocytosis, 
fundraisers. He would come in from Buffalo, New York on his own dime. So awesome. uh, there That's you awesome. go. This one goes back, I want to say, 1973, uh, 74. And uh, on your left, the mustachioed guy there is Greg Gagne. And his opponent, of course, what? apparently having a, a piece of uh, food taken out of his lip by the referee is the 300-pound, soon-to-be nature boy, Ric Flair. Wow. What? Right out of Earth camp. Think, uh, I think Rick had a little bit too much of nature back in those days. Uh, uh, he did, and uh, you know, Rick, the the giveaway is the uh, is the beak, the proboscis there. But yeah, Rick at that point probably was pushing three hundred pounds, and of course, Greg weighed two hundred and eighteen pounds from Mount Minnesota from the time he graduated high school. Never gained a pound or lost a pound either way, uh, which is really interesting. I give him shit about that. It's like when I started with the AWA, I was bigger than than Greg. I was taller and I weighed about the same as him. I wouldn't get in a ring. He'd still kick my ass in the oh. ring. But, you know, hey, uh, anyway. I, what figured a great the, I figured the mustache would have added a couple of pounds. It might have. I think that was Greg's intention. Uh, he, <laughs> he wanted to build himself a <laughs> dick <Yeah>. one. Uh, <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> I love this picture. You're going to have to tell me about this. Oh, look at that. <laughs> this picture is an all-time classic, and it was taken by uh, my good friend Karen Melvin, who was a photographer for the AWA back in the 1980s. I believe this was a tag match. It was the Hennigs against Mr. Saito and Nick Bockwinkle. And as you can see, Larry the Axe has picked up a chair, as has Nick. Uh, we're going to have a battle of the chairs in the middle of the ring. And referee Eddie Sharkey is doing the right thing. I think he is simultaneously <laughs> calling for the bell and also shitting his pants and running for his life uh, at the same time. But what a great action shot. That is flipping good. Isn't why, that why, why does Larry have the chair with the legs out? Um. The, the chair with the legs out, I I, I think what it, Larry, it was like taming a lion. Uh, Larry, in a previous life, I, I know we've talked about how he ran a real estate business. He was also a lion tamer. And uh, he was used to putting the, the legs of the chair. And uh, for some reason, you know, he looked at Nick like he had a, a mane full of hair. And, uh, and it just got lost in the moment. Any other questions? <laughs> no, your honor. <laughs> oh, did you pull a muscle stretching on that? <laughs> we are we are never going to be taping this early in the morning again. <laughs> oh, <it's... laughs> oh. God, oh, out of all of the explanations, that was not where I was thinking you were going to go. But well, I, I had no idea. Um, <laughs> now there, I just I just wanted to pull out a photograph of a vintage Minneapolis program because before uh, the AWA in the 1970s went to an all-encompassing uh, major league wrestling program for all their arenas. Every program was the same, but they put a lineup insert uh, inside the program. Uh, this was the Sports Facts, which was the Minneapolis program. It was a four-page program specifically geared uh, to that crowd uh, for that night. And this one I was lucky enough to have autographed by Pampero Furpo. We've talked about it before. Uh, Crusher and Furpo had cage matches, battles to the finish. Uh, they had uh, Argentinian death matches and what have you. Uh, this was great. And I would like to point out to you, in typical AWA fashion, if you look at that that headline, uh, they wanted to save money, so they cut down on the size of the H in the word "finish," uh, so they would have they would have room to put the the picture of uh, the Crusher and Pampero Purple. Uh, another cost saving measure on part of the AWA. Thing that pops out to me, not wrestling related whatsoever, but. The date, May 27th, 1965. Am I reading that correctly? Uh, you are. That's three days before I was born. 
No kidding. Yep. Just again, not wrestling related, but they, you know, Polish well, Jew related. Well, it we'll does matter because if they would have waited three more days, they could have had a double main event. But you know, <laughs> hindsight is twenty twenty. Wow. Good guy. After I had to reset, I feel like that has kicked Mick into another gear this morning. Yep, I'll collapse at the end of the podcast and I'll sleep the rest of the day. So, <laughs> we're, we're gonna, we're gonna go. wow. Well, damn, Mick, you. I'm gonna call you buddy because you're on a roll. All right, I, I love this picture. It, it's it reminds me of a horror film. Kind of take me through this one. Wow. There I've you see. seen that look before, by the way, many times standing over me. You know, uh, Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig, um, I'm not sure exactly what was going on in this photograph, why he looked at the photographer that way. I do know that there was a legendary match, and I want to say it might have been in Memphis, uh, not positive, where Kurt actually positioned himself underneath the ring uh, before the show started. This is fact. Uh, because he was going to do a come out from underneath the ring run-in later on in the evening. And Kurt, uh, the time was ticking away too slowly. Kurt had to actually relieve himself and and defecated in a bucket underneath the ring. And I think this photo, that might that shot might be underneath the ring uh, at that at that very moment. <laughs> I wouldn't swear to it, but you know what when you when you have to position yourself underneath <laughs> the ring before the fans get there and you're not coming out until the main event, my God, a guy's got to do what he's got to do. So no. that's the view from the bucket then? I believe that is the bucket cam. <laughs> as we, uh... So you, you, you said that Kurt had to, well, he had to take a shit. I'm going to bet that he didn't necessarily need to take a shit, but knowing Kurt, that he forced himself to just so that he could play a rib on the ring. That was With that look, I believe you might be right. He may be forcing himself uh, at that point. It, it certainly looks like it. But nonetheless, the, the whole the whole thing stunk. And uh, that was Mr. Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. Perfect dump. <laughs> What has happened to this show? <laughs> I, hey, that's what happened when we started early. Uh, yeah, I, I, oh. yes, I guess. What a shot. I like what? this. This is a good shot. Great shot. And I'm going to guess early 1960s. That is our buddy, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Uh, I'm guessing that shot was taken at his home in Indianapolis back in the day. But uh, I don't know if those are 10-pound weights that Bobby's got there. I, I'm not sure. But uh, nonetheless, what a vintage, terrific shot of the man who would become the greatest all-around performer in the history of wrestling. Those have to be styrofoam. Got to be. Got to be. He went to a prop room. <laughs> Got a couple of dumbbells. Well, we got a couple of dumbbells on the screen. I was going to say, I was not there. Yeah, but let's. You're right, greatest all-around performer in both of our opinions. Bobby wasn't exactly a physical specimen. No, no. Uh, I, 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 I was just looking at that, and I'm not quite sure we could call that a chiseled physique. Uh, but nonetheless, he didn't need a chiseled physique uh, to get over as the greatest of all time. Now, what's well, tough to chisel a marshmallow? So. Oh, I've done that a couple of times. Well, you are the marshmallow man. Continuing on. <laughs> or is, that about it? is Chris giving up on us? Or? Oh, we got to see you in the way. Oh, oh. A mustacheless, mean Gene Okerlund. This photo was taken on interview day in the early 1970s. And you can see in the background on the placard there, it says Davenport Ballpark, September 12th. And this was the good old days where Vern or whoever would say, we're, we need you to promote Davenport. You guys are wrestling the Crusher and Red Bastide or, you know, whoever it might be, go out and do five minutes. And that's what they did. Uh, there was no reading of cue cards. There was no 45-minute preparation to go out and do a two-minute promo. None of that. 
And uh, Gene Okerlund early on there, uh, Gene, as you said, with a little head of hair there and no mustache. And that is vintage classic Ray Stevens and Nick Bockwinkle. And I love this picture. Well, that I, I didn't see it originally, but it just brings back so many great memories of those three. That's flipping classic. So w with this, with uh, promo day, and you say, you know, you see Davenport ballpark and the date, a date underneath it. Was this one studio, uh, Mick? And, and they would, did you know, did they just change out the, Absolutely. the, the places and the dates and they just, they just kind of ran through them that way? That's what they did. Uh, they would maybe remove Davenport and then put up uh, Molino, Illinois okay. at the Wharton Fieldhouse, change the date, maybe change the opponent if necessary. And these guys were so goddamn good. They went out and they did their five minutes without any prompting and it sold tickets. Yeah. Gotcha. Interview days could be very long, Chris. So how, how long on average, like Joe, when you did interview days, how long were they? Like, take me through oh, an average. Shorter and shorter as the number of uh, stations that the AWA had. But uh, when I started a, a typical interview day would be, we'd start at nine and get done anywhere between five and six. Um, and we would be doing a custom promo for, uh, each town. So was that, was that was that talent? Was that talent? Like everybody was there, and w when they were done, did they get to to leave, or did everybody have to stick around for the entire day? No, once they're once they're done. But oftentimes, Vern would keep them there for the day because he wasn't quite sure who would be in that interview slot. Oftentimes, it would be okay. Uh, 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 Midnight Rockers, you're gonna. You're gonna do the, the the first promo for uh, for St. Cloud or okay. uh, St. Cloud from Milwaukee. Well, go to outside market of the Twin Cities, but then you'd get down to it, and Vern might shift it. He might pull it. He very often adjusted interview positions. Uh, okay. So the boys would have to stay, and it would be like, okay, we got two interviews left then he could dismiss everybody. Of course, he had, you know, bigger name if you had a Stan Hansen or Brody coming in, uh, or if they were in town because they didn't live here, then, um, uh, you know, he would cut all of their promos just all at once and then let it go. And it's like, Vern, yeah. why don't you do that for all of the talent? No, see what the, you know, what the other guy says and what he does. Well, you know that and we can replay it anyway. Okay. I, I would, yeah, I, I would, I was just curious, just in terms of like what the format of of interview days was. Long and laborious. Ooh, you speaking think? of a, that's a big word. <laughs> of this shot, uh, this was taken by our good friend Joyce Poston, and uh, life on the road was not often glamorous. And that is uh, Nick Bockwinkle and Ray Stevens. God bless them both. I believe uh, Nick has a McDonald's bag uh, in his hand there. And I don't know, you know, what city or town they were coming out of. But uh, that that is a picture that means a lot to me personally. Uh, when Nick signed it, you know, Ray had already passed. And when Nick signed it to me, um, he, the inscription was, To Mick, God bless him and you. And uh, that meant a lot. But uh Friends, comrades, uh, whatever you want, uh, Nick and Ray on the road, probably late 1970s, I'm guessing. I was going to guess a little bit earlier, just looking at Nick's shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course, of course Nick, Nick wore that shirt at Cauliflower Alley in 2015, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, talk about a candid shot and just so great and in my opinion, the greatest tag team of all time. But, you know, I'm, I'm a little biased. What are the odds that Ray was hung over in that photo? Uh, I believe Vegas is not accepting bets or wagers on that one. Uh, that's a foregone conclusion. <laughs> oh, Ray. Oh. oh. Greg, putting the arm lock on the champ. 
I'm guessing that Greg was probably about 11 years old, 11, 12 years old when that picture was taken, uh, which would have put it at about what, Joe, about 1960-ish. I believe Greg was born in 48, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but nonetheless, and the picture of Vern, too, that's, that's pretty much the way Vern looked uh, hair-wise uh, when I started watching wrestling back then. But, uh, but you know, it, it's like Greg is, is putting the squeeze to Vern and saying, you know, someday, old man, this is all going to be mine. And, <laughs> and Vern, with a grin on his face, is saying, yeah, well, be careful what you wish for. Uh, but, but a great shot. Uh, Vern and son, circa 1960. When I first saw that picture, Greg looks uh, looked a lot like his son JP. Yes, yes, very uh, much so. And I mean, obviously so. Although you know, heredity will will do those kinds of things. And but, and he weighed two hundred and eighteen pounds when that picture was taken too. Well, largest birth ever. He was born at two hundred and eighteen pounds. Um, <laughs> Mary Ganya had some difficulties pushing that one out. I guess. Uh, now, difficulties. This is this is to follow up on something we did a couple of weeks ago. What I mentioned, Ivan, uh, Ivan Kolmakov and the mighty Igor and their feet of strength. And that is a shot right there. Uh, mighty Igor sitting on the floor there with a towel over his head. And that's a cinder block that uh, Ivan Kolmakov has placed on his head and has just cracked open with a sledgehammer. Yeah, it was one of the feats of strength that Igor did, the Dick Garza, of course, the mighty Igor, former Mr. Michigan, uh, transformed, excuse me, into the mighty Igor in the early 1960s. And as I said, Joe, that's got to bring back memories to you. You and at the Croatian Hall at closing time, that's what they have to do to remove you from the premises. Okay, first of all, I was about 10 years old when this happened. I didn't start drinking till I was 11. So, I mean, oh, come on. Well. you know, so right there, you're, you're full of shit. You, you, had, uh, you, you had a dry childhood up until 11, huh? I, I, I was inhibited. <laughs> Boy, I think change. Kids, kids, don't try this at home. Do not put a cinder block on your head and have somebody smash a sledgehammer onto those cinder blocks. Not a good idea. And I say that because if you do, you're going to turn out like this. Well, that's warning enough. Yes. All right. Let's do. Oh, oh, great, great. And the crusher. That is the crusher, and actually his his wife, Faye, and that was at Cauliflower Alley Club. The last time Crusher made an appearance there, uh, early two thousands, and. You know, Crush obviously showing his age a little bit. His dedication to his wife was above and beyond. I've mentioned before on this podcast, Crusher was a family man, uh, you know, front and center. And uh, away from the ring, he was a very quiet, soft-spoken guy, lived his uh, life the way he wanted to in South Milwaukee. And what I remember about that, sadly, and this is just kind of an anecdote, Crusher uh, was speaking to the crowd and he attempted to do his crusher roar in his crusher voice. And unfortunately he couldn't quite get there and uh, started to cough a little bit. And uh, it was just a reminder to all of us, everybody is mortal. Uh, But uh, what a great, great shot of the Lasowski's uh, back about, Oh gosh, almost 20 years. Nick, um, I just learned this recently. I mean, crusher was, he portrayed himself as a beer drinking, saloon brawling, uh, polka dancing wild guy. Um, but what I read recently is that Crusher really wasn't a beer drinker. That right. he, yeah, that that he he would drink, but it would be like a glass of wine or something. Um, I heard, yep, I, I heard that as well. And I don't want to break the illusions. I mean, I grew up with that saloon. You know, cigar chopping, although you can see he did like cigars. Look at the what's sticking out of his pocket. Yep. Um, but yeah, favorite all time growing up. And I don't care what you say, that's Wanda with mm-hmm. Crusher. 
That's not fair. Okay. Actually, her name was Faye Wanda Lozowski. There you go. So there was a little bit of truth to it. Yeah. See, and, and, and even if he liked wine, I don't think knowing that, I still feel like his character, people are still going to, he might have enjoyed wine. Yeah, but he's still a beer drinker. Like, I, I think that's so, so much a part of the allure of Crusher. I mean, it's got a, you know, it's got a big, you know, keg that he's got with him and his, you know, his statue. So to me, I think that's always going to be connected with him, even if he did like, you know, even if he was a little more refined with the wine. There you go. Crusher and refined. I don't think I've ever heard those two words in the same sentence. Or us and classy. Two words that just just don't Gassy, die. maybe, but not classic. Well, can't say that anymore. Speaking, oh, of, speaking of beer and cigars. There's your there's your two favorites. There's your two fellow countrymen. Uh Joe Chupik. That is the crusher. Has he got an old Milwaukee hat on yeah. his head? I believe yep. he does, and, and the cigar, and of course, uh, barely in the picture, both height and uh, horizontally and vertically, uh, that is Ivan Putsky. So that picture goes back to the mid-1970s, but, but Joe, that says it all right there. I mean, you talk about, you know, uh, it, there was no Wally Carbo, unfortunately, out there uh, to translate for Ivan Putsky. But nonetheless, Crusher and Ivan, uh, Joe Bednarski, having a, having a grand old time. And uh, what, a, what a picture. Crusher smiling. Love it. You know, despite what I just said about Crusher not really drinking beer, this picture throws me back to the illusion of the bar saloon, not bar, saloon brawling, beer drinking, Wanda throwing her into the wall, breaking the wall, Crusher. And Putsky just being there, smiling, acting the aloof and the goof, and uh, waiting for Wally to ask him, how much are you weigh up? I don't know. I was, that sounded Italian more, but that's the way Wally came about and asked <laughs> Putsky, how much that's, are you weigh up? Pictures only 50 years ago. Can you imagine that, Joe? Incredible. Get, say, give me, give me your best uh, Italian, Polish. Uh, how much you weigh? How much do you weigh? How, if I said Polish, it'd be, how much do you weigh a ski? <laughs> oh, that that's even that's a, that deserves a squatting ovation. That, that <laughs> oh, now there, now this is. I, I have to set this picture up for you guys because here's a little known fact. You know that Will Smith, you know, clocked Chris Rock at the, uh, you know. The Academy Awards. Yes. This is actually a photograph of George Clooney. This is with Jumpin' Jim Brunzel. This is years ago at an Academy Awards presentation. And apparently Clooney, as part of his demands for his, his uh, dressing room, wanted Jim Brunzel's ear as an hors d'oeuvre. And you can see right there that he's moving in. I don't. Did he already get it? I'm, I'm trying to see. I see the one ear there. He may have already devoured a part of Jim Brunzel's ear there. Uh, going back, uh, I can't. See, I can't see the earlobe, so we can't confirm. We can't confirm. But I can't. Jim's I can't smiling. see the left earlobe. Yeah, J Jim is smiling. Um, so I, I. I don't know how you explain that one, but uh, good friends again. Um, if this doesn't epitomize the AWA, the camaraderie and the friendships, Jim Brunzel and Baron von Raschke. Um, God, what, a, what a, a legacy that promotion had. What friendships. You know, Baron has a little bit of the Count Baron Von Raschke in him. Uh, put a couple of fangs on him, and he might be going in for a little snack. Well, Jim Jim was kind of thrifty, and I believe he wanted to get a pierced ear for an earring. And uh, <laughs> he, I think he slipped uh, the Baron a 20, and that was all it took. Baron went in for the kill. Good, good for Baron. I mean... You know, wanting to help people pierce their ear. What a guy. Absolutely. God I, I mean, that's... Always giving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Moments that preceded tragedy. There you All go. Right. All right. Look at that. <laughs> a star. Well, he's always on. <laughs> Boy, if that doesn't say it all right there. That is the Crusher High School picture. And boy, they have called it right on the nose. In high school, you you can never you can never do that in today's high. You can never put that 
in a yearbook in today's day and age for no. a high school kid. Can you imagine that? So, so uh, you know, maybe our uh, illusions or our impressions of Crusher aren't so far off after all. You know, he probably got an early start. And uh, look at him there, number 74. Uh, so he's football, basketball, and high Y. And, what uh, the hell is high Y? Uh that yes, is a, yeah, that's a good question. Is that high C with vodka? <laughs> but just Boy, what, what the hell is high Y? Football, basketball, high Y. Well, we better get it right or somebody's going to call us on it. You know that. I, so I, know, I know what it is. That's Crusher pronouncing Hawaii. With the girls wearing pickaninnies in the high Y. It's over, guys. It's all over. <laughs> I was going to Google it, but I can't Google it when you're talking about that. <laughs> look, look at Crusher, though, but look at that picture of him. Boy, I, I, just that slick back hair. But you could tell from a mile away that was that was Crusher. Mm -hmm. And his son, Larry Lasowski, is a doppelganger, I'll tell you that. That he is. Worked with Larry many times. Long-time referee in the AWA. Yes, sir. All right, we got uh, we got about four or five more of them here, guys. All right. Oh, no clue. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the man who got into the ring with uh, that uh, that commoner, George Scrap Iron Gadaski. Uh, that is Lord Alfred Hayes. Wow. Way back in his wow. day in England as Judo Al Hayes. Uh, before he came to the States, it's a very young Lord Al in terrific shape. I don't know how far back this, this picture goes. I, you know, I'm going to guess, you know, maybe 1960-ish, uh, something like that. But uh, look at that. Lord Alfred Hayes, before the long hair, the curls, and getting into the ring with uh, Gatsuki and, uh, and the crusher, Lord Al. Elfinko Hayes, as El Crusher we call him. Wow. Yeah. That one, I know, had no idea that was Hayes, but what a great pick that one was. There you go. Next one on the board. Oh, geez. This, ladies and gentlemen, I, I put up here, guys, because this is old school professional wrestling. And this is what it's all about. And I believe this is from Denver. So I would say early, mid 1960s. That is Dick the Bruiser uh, and Mad Dog Vashon. And as you can see, blood from both wrestlers, the referee trying to get in uh, between and uh, put a stop as Bruiser assaults the Mad Dog. But talk about no frills, no pyro, no bullshit, uh, old school brawling Dick the Bruiser and Mad Dog Vashon. Wow. The dog needs to be taken for a walk after that one. Holy I shit. would say. Two tough guys, no doubt. All right. Who do we got coming up? Uh, Love this picture. Um, that, of course, is the boss. Vern Gagne to the left, and that referee is the future Iron Sheik, Kazro Vaziri. Now, uh, for a historical perspective, when Vern would bring guys into the business and they would go through his camp, a lot of times they would get their feet wet by refereeing. And Cosro was one of those guys that, that did it. Uh, Dennis Stamp, pretty boy Doug Summers, even Greg Gagne. They all refereed as part of uh, their, their transition from uh, regular life into the, uh, the world of professional wrestling. And uh, who, who, would, who would have predicted that uh, Cosro Vaziri would become a worldwide phenomenon all those years later? When I see that photo, look at Cosro. Looking right into the lens, I, the only words that pop out is "fuck you." Yeah, oh, he, yeah. Had a, he had a way of doing that, didn't he? Yeah, you 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 got that right. There's no question about it. That would be the caption for this photo. But he um, looks he looks sad, so it'd be a sad fuck you. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could put all kinds of connotations on the expression itself, but you might be right. There might be a little depression uh, setting in there, and Vern doesn't look any too happy either. But you know. Imagine that, but that one goes back uh, 
I believe 51 years. So, again, love this shot. Chris this, Lee, is, this is one of my favorites that I've seen. Isn't this something? This you know We've talked many times about Kenny J's histiocytosis benefits that he did tirelessly years and years. And this is a shot of some of the guys that would uh, come in at, at their own dime uh, to help Kenny out. And starting from the left, you've got Kenny Sodbuster J. That is Paul Ellering, Steve Olsonowski, Dr. X. Of course, that mask is still on. Uh, Eddie Sharkey, Baron Von Raschke, Larry Hennig, Greg Gagne, and Jim Brunzel. And uh, God, I, I to think that, that so many of those guys, well, at least a handful of them, are, are not here anymore. But, uh, Joe, you were there for many of these benefits. Kenny busted his ass uh, to make money hand over fist for the Histiocytosis Association. And it was always such a great time. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing this might have been the last one, if not maybe second to the last. I'm seeing 2015. Does that sound about right, Nick? Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, and you know what's interesting about that, Joe? 2015 was one hell of a year. It was uh, the last benefit, I believe, as you say, for Kenny J. Uh, Vern Gagne passed away and Nick Bockwinkle passed away uh, all in 2015. So it was one hell of a year. But uh, what a great shot of the AWA alumni. Uh, yeah, Vern would have passed away uh, less than a month later. I believe yeah. it was in early May and then Nick was later that fall, wasn't it? Correct. Nick was in uh, November. And that was eight years ago already. Damn. <laughs> now, much has been written and said about the feud between uh, Nick Bockwinkle and Stan Hansen. And, of course, uh, Stan leaving the ring with the AWA belt, refusing to drop it to Nick in Denver. But they had more in common than just an, an AWA championship belt. As you can see here, uh, both had an affinity for bronze statues. And uh, they're, they're showing their appreciation. Lovers of art, Stan Hansen and Nick Bockwinkle. I looks like they're just trying to do some restoration on it, starting at the nipple. Is <laughs> Well, you're the expert on nipples, Tupic. So, you know, if you say it's restoration, then it is. I, I figured maybe, th I, I thought maybe they were thirsty. Um, I Knowing Stan Hansen, he, he could have been. He was always thirsty. Um, I, I don't know. This was kind of, it doesn't surprise me that Stan is in the picture. It surprises me that Nick agreed to be photographed. Maybe Stan was a, maybe Stan was a bad influence on Nick. Uh, there's no question about it. And I guarantee you that Nick's wife, Darlene slapped the shit out of him. Uh, if she, uh, if she saw this picture, but, uh, Hockwinkle and Hanson, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. Another perspective of how these guys they're human beings who like to have fun. Oftentimes, they're adult human beings who act 16 all of the time. Oh, oh. And, and speaking of guys that are thirsty, I figured you guys would be the ones that would be uh, suckling on the teat. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Is this the, the last photograph, Chris? This it? Yes, this is it. This, uh, this was taken at, at one of those Kenny J events, and this is quite interesting because these two guys here, who, uh, from a genius standpoint, they put Einstein to shame. Uh, there you see, you know, the guy on the left with a beer, the guy on the right with a Coca-Cola. Uh, nothing's changed since then. But I believe they were discussing two things. One, the, uh, the guy on the left was saying, no, Vince will never acquire the AWA library. And then the, the guy on the right is comes up with an even more bizarre premise and says, let's do an AWA podcast sometime. So you can see how both of those predictions turned out. Uh, kind, of, kind of imploded on both counts. But uh, there you go. And what do I weigh there, about 280? Good God. Well, I, I can see that was when I was about my heaviest, which was about 35 pounds ago. But I'm looking more so at the profile, which, you know, you don't really get to see your profile so much. I got more chin than a Chinese phone book. <laughs> um, 
the, the, the proboscis. You know, I'm like a cross between Toucan Sam and, and a Chinese phone book. Holy that, that, That's very appropriate. And now as I'm looking at myself uh, with that shirt, that massive lower body, and that, that little head, that I look like a freaking turtle. Uh, I got a lower body. Oh my God. I, yeah, not, not a very flattering picture of either one of us, but nonetheless, uh, there you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, we finish up with two real geniuses in the wrestling world. Well, <laughs> suckling on the teeth, Chris, is that, is that correct? Suckling, suckling on the teeth. Yes. Okay. Good deal. Yeah, we can. Uh, maybe that'll be our next T-shirt. <laughs> we can put Mick. We can put Mick under one T and Joe under the other T, and just say "suckling on the teat" with your both like. Perfect. I, yeah. I, Mick, I, we we got to find a bronze statue of a topless woman next. And I, have, I have several. I got several, so don't worry. About <laughs> you me. got several. Not, not latex. Not latex. We oh, can't yeah. get yours. Oh well. Yeah, we got to go find the statue. Maybe we'll go to Milwaukee and no, I don't want to do that to the crusher. Never mind. Well, there goes that million dollar idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't want to suckle on the teeth to the crusher. I'm talking about. No, no, no. That's no, not going to oh. happen. Okay. Let's well, uh, we killed let's... another week. <laughs> we did. Uh, let's go ahead and give some shout outs and uh, thankfully take it home. Alex Ledbetter. Uh, Alex was a, a viewer of SNR back in the day. He is. Such a loyal wrestling fan, AWA fan, and podcast fan. And uh, Facebook friend, and Alex, is a shout-out to you, buddy. My shout-out this week goes to an entire family, the Kenny J family. Uh, Mick, you had a lot of events over the years. Uh, we were showing the histiocytosis thing. Um, that family was extremely close. They were extremely proud of Kenny J. Uh, he was honored last year at the AWA reunion uh, and sadly passed away uh, uh, shortly after that. But this week, shout out the entire Kenny J family. Great. Yeah, I think that's a great one. And uh, mine's going to go uh, to Corrine ES. Uh, she's a, a brand new member of the Facebook page of the AWA Unleashed fans and uh, very active in terms of posting and you know interacting with everybody else and if you haven't uh be sure to join our our uh, fan page all right guys uh thanks soda sticks thank uh seventh avenue pizza reminder we're going to take next week off uh we'll be back in a couple of weeks we got some some big things planned uh hopefully you'll enjoy it but uh until then i i think that's pretty much everything right guys i mean we we hit everything I, I believe we did. We had everything from uh, from teats to you know everything in between. We're uh, we're good to go. Teats and teats and everything. Hold on. What's Wait a minute. Message? What's this message from Mick? No, you sent me. A, why'd you send me a message? What? Are you are you porning him again? No. Oh my God! What the f did you do, Mick? What you, why did you send me this picture? <laughs>